0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect. Just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Be holy. God tells us to be holy. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, that's pretty tough. right? What what exactly does that mean? Does that mean a perfection of being able to do something? Sometimes we feel as though that is. Like, oh, if I'm going to be perfect or like uh, God, then I need to be able to do everything. And that's not the perfection that we're talking about. The perfection of holiness, the perfection of the human person, is not about actually primarily doing, although that's often what we jump to, right? To do, because that's kind of our, uh, I think, modern way of perfection is, is doing. But I would question and say that um, it's called being holy not doing holy. And we're called human beings not human doings. Although we do many things and we do things out of who we are we are not primarily what we do. And that that does not give our primary worth or ultimately and deeply who we are. But we are beings who are uh, most perfect when we are being, which can be the most difficult thing to do as human beings. Uh, being holy means being set apart. Holy is this uh, term that we use in We think of it in many different ways. Kind of a one way of translating is set apart. And so when we talk about that God is holy, he's set apart from the dirt, the grime, the normalness, or the world, right? When we talk about that God's people should be holy, we talk about that God's people should be set apart. That we should be different than the tax collectors, than the pagans. We should be different. And it should be noticeable. Not always because of everything that we do, but ultimately who we are. Now, I think during this Lent, uh, this Lent is a time to focus on holiness, right? To being set apart. We take different practices, and of course, uh, many people join into Lent kind of like a New Year's resolution, Uh, But that's not primarily what we're doing within Lent. We're choosing to be Lent uh, to be able to be set apart in a specific way, in a practice, in a a being with God. But I would challenge us this Lent, instead of feeling as though you're already busy, and now Lent comes and now you need to do even more, I would challenge us, instead of doing more, do less. Now, that, of course, can be taken in many wrong ways, right? Okay, great. Great. Now I don't have to go to Mass on Sunday. That's, that's really great, right? I'm going to do less. I, I don't need to pray as much. Well, I think um, we need to be set apart and holy in this world. We need the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. And we need to put our priorities in what God is. And so we need to actually do less in our life and realize that we can't do it all, actually do less, so that we might be able to actually do more. Um, I find in my life uh, very often, now when I look back, I I feel as though I don't have enough time in a day, and that's absolutely true. I don't have enough time in a day to be able to do everything that I might want to do or, or think I should be able to do, but, the most important things, I do have enough time unless I try to say yes to everything. Um, I actually have to say no to things that are less important than the more important things, right? Because if I say yes to the less important things, then I don't have time for the more important things. So I need to actually do less in order to be able to do more. To be able to do more of, of what I am actually made to, to do, which is be, to be with God, to be able to spend time with him. Most of us don't have enough time in a day to pray, right? We just don't have time to, to be able to pray a rosary or to be able to read scripture or to be able to set aside time in the day. Well, yeah, we don't have enough time if we don't make it, but we need to actually do less so that we might be able to do more. We need to, and I think this is what Lent ultimately in the Christian virtue of sacrifice is for. Sacrifice isn't for sacrifice sake in and of itself. Sacrifice is ordered towards God because it allows us to be able to say no to certain things. So that we might be able to say yes to the greater things, right? Uh, when we sacrifice and maybe we suffer in specific ways, we're able to say no to the world of comfort or the God of our belly or, or the gods that we pursue in our consolation. And we're able to say yes to God and, and to be with God in the midst of different sufferings or sacrifices. Lent is uh, an opportunity to be able to do more for God. But a question is... Again, do less, not more. And to challenge ourselves to be with God more. To be with Him. To be silent. To be able to make space and room in our hearts and in our lives for Him. And that happens in many ways. One of the ways that I've had to do it, uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of an example is I can be a little bit of a news junkie. I really like news. Uh, It's exciting, it's new information, it's, uh, it's often educational, so I get to learn more. And I can spend an hour or two reading news if I want to, right, and the internet will continue to let me do that, right, because there's always more information. So what I have to do is I actually have to limit myself and say, you know what, some of that might be good information, but I'm gonna actually have to say no to it. So what I've done is I've set up on my phone, Two apps, the BBC and the Catholic News Agency, and I've said I get ten minutes. I get ten minutes a day, and after that, my phone closes me out, and I'm reminded. Okay, that's right. I've got other more important things to do. I know the general. I'm not sticking my head in the sand, you know, and just ignoring everything. But I am saying no to an unhealthy amount. Right. Also, when I was in seminary. One of the things uh, that is very popular, although it's kind of losing popularity in some ways, is, is Facebook. Um, and Facebook is a great tool to be able to stay connected. And I had that throughout college, and it was a great opportunity to see what my high school friends were doing and what my different college friends were doing, and also what my extended family, right? Cousins and other things that I didn't talk to on an occasion to see how their families were growing and different things were going on and to be able to, you know, tell people about what's going on in my life. But what I found is that it took a lot of time and that I spent a lot of time on the computer, often uh, getting information that wasn't always that helpful. And so one of my summers that I was focusing more on prayer, I decided for that summer to exit out of Facebook and to say, I'm going to close my account and I know that I'm going to lose something out of that. Right. I'm going to sacrifice some good, but I'm going to do it for a greater good. I'm going to be now forced to actually call up the people that I want to stay in contact with. I'm going to actually have to talk to my family to find out what's going on in their lives, right? And i got to say, I I don't always do the best job of it, and sometimes I fail uh, in that or what I should do, but it was an intentional sacrifice so that I might make space for healthy human being as well as primarily space for God. What kind of things in your life are maybe even good things, but maybe need to, you know, are a little bit disordered or too much or, or things that are good that just aren't helping you to be holy, right? Whether it's TV, whether it's a specific hobby, whether it's a specific relationship, whether it's a, a specific dependence, right? What What is that thing that maybe you can just say, no, to to be able to not just fill right away with something, but to open up space, open up space so that you can be a human being and offer that space to God. The church asks us to sacrifice and to be able to open up space in our life in uh, in uh, two primary ways. <clears throat> for, uh, primarily with food, because for so many years, and I think still today. We can make our belly our God. And so the church asks us in a very kind of uh, uh, gut way to make these sacrifices uh, so that we might uh, be able to be reminded of and, and give a little bit of space, a little bit of emptiness, a little bit of sacrifice, say no to something so that we might actually be able to say yes to something more. The church, uh, first of all, uh, just kind of a piece of information. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, right? And Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. So you, you're not obligated to go to Mass on Wednesday under pain of sin, but it is the third most attended Mass out of the year, right behind Christmas and Easter. Well, why? Because I, I think even though that it's not an obligation, I think it is a great opportunity to go to Mass. And we have lots of Masses offered on Ash Wednesday in the morning and in the evening at 7 o'clock. And so I encourage you to go to Mass on Ash Wednesday, but also to know that that's a, a, a free gift, right? It's not an obligation that the church has, but if it's super exciting to get ashes and dirt, I mean, that's cool, you know, right? If, if, if that's important. I think it is important, right, to start Lent in that way, worshiping God, offering Him, uh, lowering ourselves, and to pray with that way. And again, it's a sacrifice of time. The church, though, in two different ways, asks us to abstain and to fast. Abstain is about the type of food. So the church asks us to abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent. Now, the church actually asks us every Friday throughout the year to offer some sort of sacrifice in remembrance of Friday, the day that Jesus Christ died for us. Uh, but during Lent, it specifically obligates us to fast for meat. And that can be difficult sometimes, right? Because... Um, it sets us apart. it makes it a little bit inconvenient um, but it 's supposed to be a little bit inconvenient and make it a little bit different on Friday. Now that obligation is only for those who are fourteen years and older. so if you 're under fourteen you don't you can eat meat, but it's also I, I think it's possible to not eat meat as well um, in that. For the fasting we uh, the church only asks you to fast twice in the entire year. Two times out of the entire year. That's, that's pretty doable, I, I think. Um, and the fast is oblig- an obligation for those who are 18 to 59. So all those who are 18 to 59. Now, outside of that, it's not obligated to fast. But I would say, again, if you're able to, it is a good practice. And you can also fast more than just those two days. In fact, the church encourages to fast every day during Lent, every weekday during Lent. So, um, again, that's uh, an opportunity. For fasting, what that means is not just not eating anything. What fasting, when the church speaks about it, it speaks about not eating between meals and eating one normal-sized meal and two smaller-sized meals. So that the two smaller meals don't equal the normal-sized meal. Now, the normal-sized meal is not like triple helpings, right? Right? It's a normal-sized meal uh, for that, and that's uh, fascinating. And I think a lot of us might even do that on occasion and not even realize it. But if you're like me, as soon as you have to do it, it's gonna be really noticeable and be like, I'm so hungry, how can I not eat snacks, right? I need, I need a full meal, and it's like, well, no, I think you'll, you'll be okay, right? And that's a certain sacrifice in saying no to be able to say yes to a greater good. And it should, again, be a little bit inconvenient, and allow ourselves and remind ourselves that we're actually not made for even food, right? That food is good for us, food is healthy for us, we need to eat food, but we're ultimately not made for food alone, right? We're made for God alone. We're made to be holy, to be set apart for Him, and to be with Him. I encourage you once again to consider adoration. If you already are in adoration, have an hour of adoration. To consider doing less in adoration and being with God more in adoration. Uh, If you are seeking prayer, I encourage you to be with God in prayer. To consider being with God uh, in different ways in your life. God desires to be with you. He made you. He wants you to be holy. May we ourselves be able to, to say no to those things that take us away from him, so that we might be able to fully say yes to him in the midst of it. I encourage you to pray throughout the rest of the Mass uh, as we worship God, as we humble ourselves, as we receive him, to consider and to say, God, what ways do you want me to grow? Uh, in, in holiness this Lent, right? What kind of ways are you calling me to sacrifice? What kind of ways are you calling me to say no so that I might ultimately say yes to you?